this passage that we're, uh, we're looking at this morning, um, I feel a bit like Paul in a lot of ways as he was writing to the Colossians. Because he, he comes along with encouragement uh, to a church that, uh, that he has sort of seen start and grow and he just wants to bring some, some guidance to them uh, and to help them and encourage them. And, and this first passage, I feel a bit like Paul this morning. I don't know whether that's a, a lofty uh, uh, thing, but uh, just to bring you some encouragement. Because it's great to come along to a church that's got some young people in it, some older people in it. Um, I have to say, looking around the United Reformed Church, as I do occasionally, most churches would love to see what's going on here. When you've got your child-friendly church award, uh, you've, got, uh, you've got some committed musicians, you've got, you've got people that can, can do stuff, you've got mission going on, you're touching your community. Many churches would just love to see that work going on. So I just wanted to perhaps do a bit of the Paul, uh, as he does at the beginning of this passage from the Colossians. Always thank God, the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love you have for all the saints, the faith and love that spring from the hope that is stored up for you in heaven. And uh, he just goes on to say, and all over the world, this gospel is bearing fruit and growing, just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it and understood God's grace. So it's just to bring those words of encouragement to you this morning. Uh, Keep going. Keep strong. And I know it's never always easy in church, and I know there there are things that try to derail us, and and, and, uh, Satan comes in sometimes and tries to knock us off our feet and get us distracted by things. But don't fix your eyes on Jesus and keep doing the good works that you're doing. That's not the sermon. That's just the encouragement bit. (laughs) So we're going to pray. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for this word this morning. We thank you for the encouragement of this letter to the Colossian church. And we ask, Lord, you will encourage our hearts this morning. Uh, You will lift us up. You will help us to be better disciples for you. And you will fill us mightily with your spirit so we can understand uh, every part of your word to us. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Okay. we all have family traits, things that uh, make us look like our family. Uh, you could, if you wanted to, look at my mum and dad, but I would think it's better to look at the kids instead. <laughs> I do look a bit like my dad, uh, and getting more so as I get older. Um, but these are my children, and uh, actually, there if. If you, if you look at them long enough, you will see certainly the oldest, Jonathan, uh, the big boy, uh, there are similarities. He's a bit of a chip off the old block. He's a similar proportioned child uh, to me, and, um, and, and there are similarities. But there's also, uh, you can see, uh, if my wife was here, you'd see her as well. And the amazing thing is, if you look at Harris, who's the, the one here, uh, the, the oldest girl, she looks quite a lot like my sister in some respects, but she also has bits of Helen's brother as well. So there's this family traits, there's these things that mark us out uh, to look like our families. And sometimes it might be our nose shape, our eye color, hair color that we inherit, uh, our size, big, tall, thin, fat, whatever. Um, And and in my family, bizarrely, um, 
don't know whether my dad's inherited it, but it's bent fingers, little fingers. Yeah, he has, he's nodding. I've got, I've got bent little fingers. I blame him. Um, and uh, they go like that. And uh, my nana, dad's mum, she had bent fingers as well. I don't know how far back it went, but that was, that was their family trait. And there are parts of our genetic makeup that, uh, that sort of show that we have stuff from our ancestors that's within us. And as disciples of Jesus, we're told to look and behave like him. That our genetics, what makes us Christians, must look and act like Jesus. Now, I'm not saying, obviously, that we, we all grow big beards and wear sandals and walk around in the desert. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is we become like Jesus. And this is what Paul is encouraging his uh, hearers and his readers to, to, to do. That our lives, our words, our actions, our thoughts, all of these mirror and give glory to the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what we're called to do. So the question is, how? Paul prays this wonderful prayer. He writes this encouragement, and his prayer for the Colossian church is amazing. And he says that his prayer for them is 24-7, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Now, whether he manages that, I don't know, but he he does say in verse 9, for this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you and asking God to fill you with the knowledge of his will. Not stopped praying for you. He prays an amazing prayer, a big prayer, because he believes in a big, expansive, life-changing God. That is why his prayer for them are also big and expansive. Because he has a big vision of what God is to do and what God can do. And so his prayer for them is big and expansive, that they will, they will model and live out their lives as Christ in that place. And I guess that's our challenge. How do we do that? Do our prayers mirror his prayers? Paul's prayers are asking God to perform changes of heart and mind, making the Colossians more like Christ day by day. So in our lives, this one up here, our lives, do first of all, we have to experience Jesus Christ. Verse 13, For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Obviously, and I'm probably teaching granny to suck eggs here, Our whole life, if we're to become like Jesus, we have to experience the saving love of Jesus Christ in our lives. And that is the foundation. That is the foundation of the knowledge of God. We also need to have the work of the Holy Spirit within us, continually guiding us and showing us and filling us. And I know recently uh, a friend of mine's been up uh, doing an Ignite Day with you. Uh, Paul Stokes uh, came over and, uh, and, and shared with you something of, uh, of being uh, filled with the Holy Spirit. And that's uh, it's just a call to be open to the Holy Spirit and the works of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And part of that is about drawing close to God. It's about making sure we're in that close relationship with him and experiencing his power and his love in our lives. And that then leads us on to the discipleship that we're called to live out every day. When we need those characteristics of Christ in our lives, that is what we're doing. We ask the Spirit to show us and challenge us. 
So we have to experience the love of Christ and the filling of the Holy Spirit. Then Paul goes on to show us how to be growing Christians. And the first thing he says, growing Christians are bearing fruit. Christ-like behavior coming from a life rooted in Christ Jesus. where Our lives are rooted in, in Christ. And Paul uses the picture of plants here. I have to say I'm not the best gardener. Uh, and I think a lot of the time I, I spend a lot of time, I do try and do some gardening and then I get a bit bored and I let it go. Uh, and it doesn't quite work because I haven't done the preparation. I haven't put the groundwork in. And I just hope this little seed I plop in the ground will somehow grow. That's not how it works. We have to spend time and energy and focus on that plant, nourishing it and keeping it growing. And our faith is like that. Yes, we can be that seed that's popped in the ground and we receive Christ and, uh, and the Holy Spirit. But if that's where we leave it, it's going nowhere. Our lives have to be rooted in Christ. Paul uses this picture of plants. We don't become Christ-like just by acting Christianly. Those wonderful Christ-like characteristics in Galatians 5.22, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, uh, and self-control. Those fruits of the Spirit grow in us in power as we spend time with Jesus, as we fertilize the, the, the life of Christ in us. John 15 says that uh, Jesus is the vine and we cannot bear fruit apart from him. Our lives cannot bear fruit unless we're grounded and rooted in him. So that means getting in prayer, getting in that relationship with God, chatting with God, listening to God in our lives. It's about reading his word, letting that dwell deeply within us. And acting in cooperation with the Holy Spirit. So that means listening to God and getting in tune with what the Spirit is doing. And then we'll be able to lead others to Jesus. But we have to get closer to Jesus ourselves before we can bear fruit. Growing Christians, I love this picture. May God give you more and more grace and peace as you grow in your knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. I guess we're all on different journeys here. We're all in different places. We bear fruit, but we've got to grow in the knowledge of God. Now, this growing in the knowledge of God isn't so that we can go on mastermind and God can be our specialist subject. It's a different thing. It's another plant picture that Paul's using. It means thinking more and more with the mind of Christ. Growing in our love of God, we start to hear things and, and understand things through the mind of Christ. Um, 1 Corinthians 2.16 says, we have the mind of Christ. Can you imagine how amazing that is? That we can think the things that God thinks. We can know how to act or speak as God would want us to. And this is God's wisdom revealed by the Holy Spirit. How many times do we wish we knew how to go forward? When we face a challenge, when life gets tricky, when we're not sure which path to take in our lives, when a job comes up and we don't know whether to take it, when life is a bit mixed up, well, it is most of the time, to be honest, but when it's more mixed up than usual, how do we we go forward on that? Do we seek the Lord? 
Do we seek the Lord? Do we spend time in prayer and listening to God? And asking for his mind in our mind. We start to see our mountains from God's perspective. And if you think that a picture of a mountain from space is nothing. We see mountains from God's perspective. God sees them as molehills. When we have that mind of Christ. And we start to see people as God sees them. People in need of compassion, of love, and most of all of Jesus. And when we see people in that way, it's hard not to respond to that need by sharing our love and our compassion with them and Jesus, our saviour, with them. And we get passionate about God's love for his world. We grow and become more like Christ because Christ loves the world. God gave his life that we might live. Growing Christians are also, and that's a fantastic picture, don't know whether I'd want to live in that lighthouse, but it's, uh, it's a great picture. Christ, Paul says, are being strengthened. Don't we all need strength in our lives? Some days are harder than others. Some days we just need the strength to get out of bed. We are strengthened with all power, is what Paul says. Strengthened with all power. That means we're not just lying in bed, we're blasted out of bed. We have dynamite power. It's the same word, dunamis. I expect maybe Paul spoke about, about that. Dunamis power is dynamite power. It's the same root word. And that's the power of the Holy Spirit. And we need that power in our lives to stand firm. So many people today like to go with the flow. They get wafted along. And actually what means going with the flow means is actually not sticking at anything. Not sticking with anything. We need spiritual stamina to stand firm. And Jesus had that in bucket loads. Because he set his face like flint. He was obedient all the way to the cross. And Hebrews 12, 3 reminds us that we have to throw off the sin that entangles, that so easily entangles, and run the race set for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus. But we need the strength to do that, and we get that from the Holy Spirit. We also need endurance. Holding our ground in face of opposition. And this is why it was so important to pray for the persecuted church. Because they're standing their ground in the face of persecution. We should never take a step backwards. The, the word here is about an army soldier who will never move backwards. Will only go forwards. And that's what we need in our lives. And also a kind of patience that can take all kinds of testing without ever giving up. So we need an endurance that stands firm, but also a patience that can stand against testing. A guy called D.A. Carson wrote this, Endurance and patience enable the believer to survive with joy when persecuted, to triumph in self-composure and contentment when insulted, to trust God's all-wise and all-gracious providence when one is suffering like Job. When Jesus sees these virtues in us, he's well-pleased. And growing Christians 
are also thankful. Verse 12. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light. As we grow in these areas of bearing fruit and being strengthened, of growing to be more like Christ, we can consider the huge love and grace and forgiveness of our God. When we experience that transforming love of Christ in our lives, how can we keep from singing his praise? But it all starts with our relationship with Jesus. We can only become Christ-like when we've met the Christ. We can only know what it is to know the mind of Christ and to have the knowledge of Christ and the belief of Christ and the power of Christ and the strength of Christ in us if we allow the Holy Spirit to fill us. And that is what church helps us to do. It gathers us together. It makes us a people of God so that we can grow together in our knowledge and love of Jesus so that we can become more like him and so that the world gets to experience the love of Christ through us. And I guess that's my prayer for you this morning, is that you will grow in the knowledge and love of Christ. You will bear fruit, you will be strengthened, and you will be thankful.